Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the show. This is your girl, the literary diva of Blog Talk Radio, and welcome into another. I would say it's going to be a really, really good author interview. We have someone that was previously a part of our show, and she's coming back because she's written a brand new book, and I can't wait to introduce her and her book. First, we always say shouts out to all of our live listeners as well as to the rest of you who will be listening in and playing back this broadcast. We certainly do appreciate the many of you who listen in however you can, whenever you can, and that's been listening in since we've been a part of BTR, which has been a long time. So (laughs) thank you guys for your continued support and your ears and, uh, you know, just spreading the word to just to just everyone out there. So we definitely thank you guys. We appreciate you like you would not believe. So, um, and we also want to tell you guys to stroll or click on over to Amazon.com or wherever books are sold, wherever you buy your books, and pick up some of your favorite books. It is starting to get cold. So you want to get some books to keep you company, you know, in the cold, wintry nights you know, that's coming up. So you want to definitely do that, especially our featured author's book, her newest titled Reconnecting. Mm-hmm. We're going to introduce her in a short second here. Um, and, of course, today's show is all about, yes, not for a short second, but it's, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, today's show is all about author Catalyn Kennedy and her new book, Reconnecting. And yes, go over to Amazon and get your copy right now. This book, I believe, will hit home with a lot of you all out there listening, um, only because it details what truly happens when friends sort of go from kids to becoming adults and, you know, they make promises to each other about, you know, being around, sticking around. But, you know, sometimes even though friends do that and let's say they stay in, you know, let's say they they go off to college and they come back or something like that, you know, people do grow up and have different experiences and their their way of thinking is a bit different. Um, you know, people go through many, many different things, but uh, sometimes, you know, those childhood friends, uh, you guys end up connecting um, with each other in adulthood, but you end up connecting through a lot of your experiences, if you know just what I mean, like if your parents had passed away and her parents had passed away, or if you went through a divorce or she went through a divorce, you know, you end up reconnecting and getting to know each other and, you know, finding out different things about each other. And and this book, uh, you know, this book hits home when it comes to that. So let's go ahead and welcome in our featured guest. Welcome back, our featured guest. Author Catalyn Kennedy. 
Hello, Karen. How are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon, Sarah, and thank you so much for again having me on your wonderful program. And uh, by the sound of all the things that you introduced me and the stories, I think you've actually read Reconnecting, so I'm pretty happy. Yes. <laughs> yes, and when you read it and you look at or you just get to know all of the characters, I think, and this is what I do every time I read books, you know, I kind of think of an experience and kind of see if, you know, something um, kind of connects to that experience so I can connect more with the story. So, um, it's yes, and I believe a lot of people will definitely like the book and start to think of their own experiences with friends and people that they, you know, um, often talk to or hang out with or something like that. But before we get into your book, tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to. Well, I, um, I, if any of you have heard of me before, I, um, I came as a child uh, from Hungary in um, gazillion years ago, and I uh, lived in the capital city of, of Canada, Ottawa, for a good 40-some years. I worked in the federal government of Canada for 30-some years, and then retired to this lovely smaller town called Cornwall, Ontario, and when I retired, I thought, well, what do I do now? Because one of the things one, requ- one understands, and I retired at 55, well, demographically speaking, um, I have a lot of years <laughs> ahead of me, and what am I going to do with, yeah. with that period of time, right? So um, I joined organizations, and then, and then I realized that, my passion, the only thing I could really connect to was writing. I had done that through, you know, my work life, which was really interesting and <laughs> briefing and, and so forth. Um, and then I, I did write a column for a local paper here for about 10 years. But I wanted to do more. And so that was when the women gathered came out, and I'm so happy to hear you say good things about that one, but I wanted this one, I I was ready, you know, to go completely different way. I had my publisher say to me, are you going to do a sequel to The Women Gather? And I said, no, I don't want to do a sequel. <laughs> I wanted this one to be completely different, and it probably isn't, you know, because I I write with uh, with my feelings and emotions yeah. and, you know, all those things that one takes with us and some of the stuff that I think is just in one's cultural DNA is the only way I can oh, describe yeah. it, and emotional DNA and all those other things. So I'm I'm sure um, if one were to look at the two of them, there there are lots of parallels. But, of course, the difference is, um, is a style difference for starters, and uh, the women gather, as I spoke to you, I think before, is that it's a utopian look at the future, seventy years down the road. Whereas this one is, although it's based in Ottawa today, well, twenty twelve, which might as well have been today, um, it indirectly ends up looking seventy years back, and I hadn't really mm-hmm. intended that. But as the stories that I wanted to talk about did address that through the parents of these people. And, you know, we have no problem looking 70 years back. But for some reason, there's such a problem (laughs) to look at 70 years ahead. So um, I, I grasped at very, in a way, um, an approach that style-wise I would say more conversational in a way, um, mm. but then I wanted to get in. I wanted to kind of draw you in through that kind of let's have weekly meals together, which friends do yes. do that. And oh, then yes. as as it evolves, you're going to get into more difficult discussions especially if you've had a couple of glasses of wine or such. Oh, so, yes, yes. <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> the nutshell of a whole lot more than what you'd ask me to talk about, but there you go. No, that's okay, because 
You know, it's when you think about friendships and and just people that you you know uh, may talk to in general, just whether it's a it's a best friend or it's um, a workmate or you know um, or even a sister that you get you know mm-hmm. where you're best friends. You know, conversations are different each and every time that you talk to to these people. So, you know, if you're really listening, you start to find out different things about these individuals. You know, and even if it's your sister, you know, let's say you guys took um, different paths in life and you guys kind of fell out and you don't really know each other, you know, you start to reconnect and you can know them all over again. And it, 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 it is fascinating because, and it's fascinating because people a lot of times do that over food, just like you're saying. And, mm-hmm. and that's another thing that I think a lot of readers are going to relate to is just having conversations over food. <laughs> It, it it seems to be that cultural norm. It doesn't seem to matter what culture that one belongs to. That's such a drawing card, you know. And um, I've personally, I mean, I've, every organization I belong to, you know, we may be going there to listen to a speaker, but there's always food. <laughs> there's always oh, food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know why that is. I mean, I, I, it must be our humanity somewhere in there that we need to share um, something, you know, that, that we perhaps we produced or whatever. One of the things that I was really grateful for for this book was that when people in, you know, my friends in my community read it, they, they said they they were they felt very satisfied at the end. And um, although some people would have said, you know, well, I'm not sure that I really want to hear about gals gabbing about, but the others felt... And and this repeated, and I kept hearing it, and I thought, oh, I, I got you by that, is that you felt like you could just sit down with them and be part of that conversation. Or at least yes. when, when you finished that particular part, you could perhaps go away and chat with your friends about that particular conversation. Because one of the things that I I've, I took for granted, and I'm, I don't know if anyone else is as dense as I am about things, but, you know, one of the things I took for granted was I made assumptions about my friends uh, believing just as I did about everything. I don't know why, because we connected so well. And Marley, the lead character in this, discovers that, yeah, I made assumptions that they believed in such and such or their values were such and such, and yet... I'm I'm relearning all these things because I think partly with time because these are women that are sort of my generation let's say um are are now not as guarded about what they tell each other whereas we no. might have been a little you know we might have had not have had the time or the luxury to open up as one does when one is in a certain age or secrets that one has, and I'll use that word just to get people intrigued, is um, is something that we're not going to quickly divulge at the first glass of wine, you know. Absolutely. And that's the stuff that that starts to unravel things that are really important. And I think they are issues that are important in our time, not necessarily just for that particular age group, but for all of us, because there are various health issues, um, spiritual issues, um, yes. Uh, yes. societal issues that are really out there bursting, you know. And uh, one of them is uh, how the heck are, can we look down the road to see what the migration of this humongous numbers of people from Syria, mm-hmm. how is that going to affect us? Now, I didn't include this, obviously, in my book because I wrote it three years you know, or so ago. But nevertheless, as you look back to, you know, how how the generations were affected by war, for example, of the past, yes. and how we look on that today, how how is the next generation going to look on how the entire, probably the world scope, at least the Western world, is going to 
by the migration oh, yeah. of these folk that have to resettle and so on. And, you know, so so sadly, history repeats itself. Um, and now I'm sounding like everything that I've said is so profound because a lot of it's not. <laughs> but it was one of the one of the bits that I came to, and I thought, oh, I did that again. You know, I've I've kind of um, put I don't go not going to say put the finger on the pulse, but you know there it there are things that are thumping in the world ongoingly, and we can't address all of them, but you know we can kind of look at them within our own milieu and 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 respect people um, who have to deal with the various issues that they deal with, and I think the characters themselves eventually they don't expect that they're going to. Oh, I don't know. Grow, evolve, what have you? Um, because they figure, well, we're older women; we know where we're at. But at the same yeah. time, I think each of them comes to some understandings as a result of, you know, their interaction with each other. And as you know, there are some men in this novel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Which I thought was necessary because, you know, my mom had said of my last one, well, where are the men in there? <laughs> so I said, well, all right, I'll put some in there. But but I think they have a good place where they are. Oh, yes. Where where did the true inspiration for this story come from? Was it an experience that you have had or maybe that a friend had had and that you may have heard where did it really come from? Where did it all come from? Well, it came from, and I don't, you know, I don't want to give stuff away um, too, too much, but I don't care, I will anyway. It started with the <laughs> term, term of an idea in the midst of me writing the other book. <laughs> this is what happens. Oh. And you think, oh, and, and in a way, you see what it does to you is on the one hand, you say, oh, that means I still have more I can say, you know, <laughs> because you have this sense that your last book is the only one you're ever going to do and all that. I, but anyway. Yes, um, I know. <laughs> Because you really feel like I've said it all. What more is there to say? All right, so where my idea really came from, I had this germ of of an idea. My father was a bookbinder, and he gifted people with photo albums um, that he, you know, he bound in beautiful leather, and and they were quite special things. And... um, that's where it started. I thought of two photo albums, and then I thought of the history of what they could tell. Now, I have to stop there because then I'm going to give away a whole lot of the storyline. Yeah. But that was really where it was. And then I was quite nervous about what I wanted to tell because, you know, I tread on a lot of uh, hallowed ground in some of the things that I discuss in there. And I yes. oh, the characters, the characters address. And um, so I, I, was, I was a bit nervous about it, but those become, uh, those become kind of the, the, the mystery stuff in there. I'm not a classical mystery writer by any means, but I think it is important to have that kind of thing in the background somewhere oh, that yes. something has to be Something has to be resolved, and in this case, there are a lot of things that have to be resolved. But, but that was the basis, really, and and I think when that becomes unraveled, um, because it does affect a lot of, you know, most of some of the characters, they're involved in in the outcome of that. So that's kind of beautiful, I think. Um, but the other the other part, of course, is that my mystical stuff. Which I need to do. I don't know. It's it's just in me that I have to address that. So it's not even. I, I don't even think it's spirituality. I think it's oh, it's sort of mingled with you know my background that I keep saying is the superstitious stuff is in my DNA. And oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I I, I was born in Hungary, and as a little girl, I came here when I was eight years old. So the the kind of stories that I heard. We're all the grim stuff, (laughs) literally the grim stuff, which are all dark, right? And so my first book that I read that was finally in English, because I learned English here, was Peter Pan. And I saw a different world, but yet, you know, it's still that naivety about 
things can happen that are mystical and mysterious. And you know, as one, oh, and yes. I, 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 I did a lot of uh, religious studies as well. So um, and comparative religion. So all of those things intermingle. I think in the stuff that I write about, um, and they get addressed. And I hope they get addressed from different points of view. And I think the women sort of do that. And then you have Reverend Robert, who's quite solid, I think. But I think he's he, you can still respect him for you know where he comes from too. So I have I have a lot of um, stuff in there, <laughs> but you don't have to be looking for it. As a friend said, okay, I read it through because I really like the storyline. I wanted to see how it came out. Now I got to go yeah. back and see all the stuff that I kind of went over yes. and thought. Absolutely, You're so right. I'm so right. So right, because okay. <laughs> you, you, seriously, you read it because you're so into what's happening and the conversations, but then after you read the whole book, you just go back and say, okay, well, let me go back and read this particular part so I can understand what that really, really meant, you know? And or what, you, what you I was find... trying to say, it didn't mean, <laughs> it didn't mean I was right. <laughs> I'm just, you know, but as a reader, like, you you uh, tend to find yourself doing that because you want to know what the outcome of a story is going to be because you're so excited. But then you do go back within the story to find, okay, well, I read that, and, and that really piqued my interest, so let me go back to that part and let me see if I can, you know, read that and truly understand what was really going on there. But, in you know, you truly want to go back and read the book anyway. So absolutely you would go back and try to find those parts, you know, that you want to read more and um, soak up in your brain. So, yes, absolutely. Good. <laughs> absolutely. I want to ask you this. Where did you, um, are your characters based on, um, you know, with their personalities, um, are they based on people that you know, not in a sense, you know, that they're just like those individuals, but are they, you know, kind of loosely based off of individuals that you may know or have known? Well, I I expect the composites of how I wanted them to be. How is that for a vague answer? I have to tell you first off, which really rots my socks, excuse the expression, but people who, you know, from the community have read my book, and the first thing they say is, oh, it's so you, and I get so annoyed. <laughs> I get so oh. annoyed <laughs> because none of those people carry out what I am. You know, I mean, right. I... I mean, I'm the I'm I'm the person who sort of put all those people into a pot and pulled out some people out of it so that I could so I could get the message across the way I wanted to have it across. Obviously, some of the you know the feelings that I have and the um, sometimes even experiences, although not so much in this one, are going to you know come out. I mean, I one of one of the things that I remember clearly from one of my props years and years ago was to say, you know, when he read something that I'd written and he said, you know, you got you got to come from where you are. Um, you you, you got to know your stuff in order to to be able to to write in a in a way that is going to resonate with with someone else. So uh, going back to what you had asked, um, I would say that Vanessa Nessa, um, there's there's a hint of her um, of the artists that I know, you know, the creative souls, but certainly not the depth that she is encountering and in fact i i worry a little bit on on about her because you know there's a lot of stuff about her that is really deep and i'm i don't want to offend anyone with with the way right. that she is right um marley well as a writer um she's far more obsessive <laughs> than i could ever be and more disciplined and all those other things um she might be a person i might like to be but on the other hand there are a lot of 
parts about her that aren't exactly all that pleasant, you know, either. And I, so from my point of view in, in creating them, I mean, first off, and I may have told you that for the last book as well, is that I'm really picky about the names. Picky, literally, um, that that they, and I think all of them reveal who, what their names mean, um, and so then then to to blend a character around that, to me is you're going to show their humanity, maybe their humility, maybe their spunk, and possibly their flaws, you know, because that's right. That, that's kind of who he is, <laughs> and so I like I like to be able to I, identify some of that at the very beginning. But you know what I told you before? They just get to become like real people, <laughs> and I yes. have to keep yes. pulling them back, <laughs> saying, "No, no, no, yes. you can't go there." I mean, to some extent, I do let them wander a little bit and because that's part of the wonderful stuff because when they when they kind of meander into becoming more their own person as I do sound schizophrenic but people who write understand this um they they open up little avenues that say different bits of research that you can do and you say how come we got onto that isn't that amazing and it fits the storyline you know for example um when marley goes on her boat trip with lovely sam um i they have these really neat conversations and i didn't necessarily intend that it just sort of evolved you know why because in 2012 in Ottawa, there uh, or in sorry in Montreal, there was a production of uh, Henry the Third, and it fit the storyline. It so oh fit goodness. the storyline, you know. And it was because, to a large extent, when I do my real, um, you know, my plausible fiction, as I call it, I I sort of check dates to make sure those things were in fact happening, you know. So, in fact, when something happened in Ottawa um, that they went to the National Arts Centre for, that in fact um, was, I think it was Lab OM, was actually playing in that, that time frame. And by geez, did not fit the storyline, you know. And it was some of that kind of stuff that is the magic of writing. But you you still have to have your character's um, under your control to a large extent because you you don't want oh, yes. them to wander off into goodness knows where land. So you know you, had, you still have to make them come back to where you need them to be um, in order to uh, you know because I can't write five hundred pages. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like to answer your question, they're they're they are they are. I think they're real people in essence but they're not any not any one person that I would know and I'm not sure yeah. that I mean Kendra has bits of somebody that I know a little bit and Iris has little bits but I mean realistically they are compo- composites of other you know uh, characteristics and traits that I needed for um, the storyline wow. I do go on don't I, I? Yes, but that's okay because when you create characters, you want them, I believe, to seem as real, to seem as real as you can get them because I I would have to say that readers really do um, connect with the characters when they seem like they're real individuals. And because you create them in that way, um, you know, and give them experiences and things like that, readers connect with them on a much higher level. And that's a great thing because, you know, that experience that the character has may be somewhat of an maybe kind of along the same lines that the reader has. So, yes, we want to relate to the character's in the story, and and that makes us really enjoy 
the story a whole lot more. So, yes, I love that you do that. (laughs) Thank you. I love that. Part that um, came out at the very outset um, with Marley, because I I mean, I don't. I no longer know that she's the lead character, but I'll say that she is because I think the others are strong enough. But at some point, at the very beginning, she she got really. She was very aware that entanglements of the friendship and the reconnecting were a problem, and you know that to me is a real issue amongst friendships, right? Because as you open up, how much have you given away of the things that in the past you didn't really want to give away? And now you're tied into them because you know all of this stuff. So what kind of commitment is expected of you as a result of being entangled now in their lives? And uh, I thought, you know, I, I, I didn't, partly I thought, well, that. If if a part of the storyline um, is a reflection of my personality, that would be the one. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, because I'm in my, if you saw me in my little office tucked away, although my cat has been bothering me um, because he thinks I'm talking to him now. Um, you know, I'm tucked <laughs> away and you're writing your, your, your stuff on your computer and you're really removed from the world around you and you're just, in your head, really, as you're creating this. Um, and then you have to go out into the real world and they get all entangled in your everyday stuff. And right. so uh, that part I relate to. Absolutely. And you said that uh, that your family and friends have read your book and you gave a few responses from what they really think about it. Is there anything else? that blew you away that someone had said or had thought or whatever after they had read it? I was, I was, I think, more blown away by the reaction of some male friends who read it, if I, if I'm absolutely honest, because, you know, I mean, I do have male characters in there and I think they're, they're fine human beings. I think they're okay. You know, they're, they're, they're probably lifelike human beings rather than just caricatures. Um, I really wondered how men would react to it, you know, because it is a girl circle, right? I mean, that's really oh, yeah. the the crux of the thing. And, yeah, I was blown away by their reactions, which were all like, wow. And they didn't, they felt that the, the men were strong enough in there um and when you get when you get a an, an email back from a friend that just has in huge caps you know a large font large size font with the word wow you think okay <laughs> that was good <laughs> oh what? so so that was i think that was the necessity for me i mean they respected my other book but with this one um i i because I figured the other one is, is so philosophical and all of that, whereas this one is here and now, and perhaps they mm-hmm. related to it through their female friends, perhaps they related to it through, um, you know, their wives, what have you. But it was it was just very, very rewarding to have that. And then, of course, my mother. My mom, ha- my mom is 89. She lives in Ottawa, so that's about an hour and a half, an hour, say, from, from where I live. And... Um, she has macular degeneration, not completely, but to the extent that she can't read. So <clears throat> the first book I I put on a, a recording machine, I read to, it to her, and she was blown away by that, I, literally. I mean, it was wonderful to hear her reaction. Mm-hmm. And then with this one, even more so when I did it again. And um, I don't know. I guess you need approval from your mom. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things. But but because on this one, I really did touch on issues that related more to her period of life. And not necessarily her experience, of course, but some of the stories, you know, that when they chat about the the families and and so on and where they came from and all that. And my mom, I think, has always been a storyteller. So the fact that she approved, my dad died 
25 years ago or so and and so it's in your heart that you want you still want your mom's dad's approval so that I think was was really important for me but you know we're all I, I don't know I don't know about you but um I can be a gutsy lady when it comes to what I put on the page <laughs> but yes. when it comes oh, yes. to the you know the immediate uh, personal reaction of folk I mean when is as a writer you're just so vulnerable and uh, it it really is heartwarming to know that what you're saying is worthy enough to be read <clears throat> and that 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 you you still have something to say um because you know everything's been written I mean oh, yes. thousands of years well, everybody's written all this stuff you know, so. they say that, though. They say everything has been written. But, you know, I honestly believe that your own voice um, is not like the writer that's, like, down the street or, like, in another place. I mean, what you have to say hasn't been written, and that's the beauty of this, you know, putting your words on paper, and it just means something for, you know, it may mean something to me, but it may mean something totally different like someone else, and it could give them what we call an aha moment and just say, oh, my Mm -hmm. God, wow, you know, something about, uh, you know, maybe something happened in their life, or maybe they have gone through some type of things with their friends and things like that. So, it you know, it can really it speaks to people in so many different ways, and that's the beauty about individual writers. People just, you know, uh, uh, take something away from it uh, in a totally different way all the time. What I wanted to ask you is, as we wrap up, is do you ha- what's your next stop on your tour, and are there any book signings that are coming up? Well, um my I have um I have signed on with um um Adela Berkovich and Heather Murray who are a book marketing um service and they are um, amazing. I'm just, you know, 10, 10 days, 10 working days of, of yes. this tour. And thank you so much for again agreeing to have me. Um yesterday I was um I was at oh shoot, I've got to find it for you. Um and it's still on my website. Like all of these are on my website. So it was Morgan Bailey WordPress um that I was with yesterday and it was a question and answer, you know, written interview and I think she's in the UK. Really, <laughs> that was just that was quite amazing. So each day, um, I am at different sites, and um, if folk go on to my website, CatalinKennedy dot com, K A T A L I N Kennedy, as you thank you have identified me on your site, um, I did go and I thought thank you so much. Um, I'm. Uh, all the all the sites will are there, so each day you'll be able to click on it. And the beauty of this exercise, <laughs> uh, which is really um, tense and difficult in many ways, is uh, is that that all the ones from the Women Gather are still on my website as well. You know, That's so it, it sort of goes on forever. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I don't know how long absolutely. it goes on, but that's 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 totally wonderful. And the the women have been Della and uh, Heather have been so supportive. You know, they set up my website. I mean, um, I have Facebook site that they've set up. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter, which Twitter between you, <laughs> you and I in the lamppost. I have to say that uh, it's just. I'm too old for for some of for some of the amazing social networking. You know, there's just endless, endless. So um, yes. I have I have all of that, and and the books are available actually through Chapters and in Indigo, as well as with mm-hmm. Baco Publishing in Ottawa. Um, and I I have to just you know plug Baco Publishing because Ray Cadera, who is the president and the founder of Baco, really gives people, writers, the opportunity 
um, that they wouldn't have with the larger houses, publishing houses, That's you know. Because awesome. we don't have to go through hoops, you know. He, I mean, Absolutely. even the agreement that we have is is just just so flexible and just wonderful. And um, you don't know what confidence it gives to a writer when, you know, the the reality is that these days, as you well know, everyone yeah. writes in this community. Oh, yeah. I have no idea all the people who write because you can write, you know, you can do your blog, you can do all the other kinds of stuff, you can self-publish and so forth. But for someone to say, I'm going to put my logo on your book, it just means night and day. And then the two the, the two covers were both done by Tracy Lynn Chisholm, who's a local artist. And, you know, for the first one, I let her read the manuscript for The Women Gather. And so that's her creation, and it's also her style. For this one, I said, Tracy, i got to tell you what to, paint, what to do, <laughs> which you don't do to an artist. But I had I to, know. you know, that had to be the symbol that I used. So in a way, night and day, on the other hand, the colors and everything are just so vivid and beautiful. So, um, you know, I, I really have to give credit. It isn't it isn't a one-man show, one-woman show. It just goes on and on. I did have a book launch in, in June 13th, uh, which was the signing. Um, I do sell some of the books through me. Uh, postage is expensive. Oh, yes, um, so, you know, it... it everything seems to be against us. So why are we doing this? I know. <laughs> but, more, but more and more people are doing it. And it's, oh it's just yes. a, a test, a, a, you know, an attestation to the whole um, need for, for people to write and tell their story that they've been here. I, I firmly believe when Marley says, you know, it may sound like I'm being, you know, pompous in saying this, but... I kind of have to say I've been on this planet, and that's the only way I can do it. When I'm gone, who knows what will happen where I am. And so I think that that is becoming more and more evident as the social media, as technology is just so open where people can do all of this. So that's where I am. I'm not e-book. I'm not e-book. I'm still old world. (laughs) So uh, anyway, I like to turn the pages, and I think this the layout for this one is quite lovely as well. So I hope people do buy it. Yeah, I hope people buy it. Have a bit of poetry in there too. Right, and they will relate to it. Uh, I have to say they will definitely relate to the story and the characters because, I mean, we as women, we have friendships with other women and you know, men and things like that. And we do chit-chat and we do, you know, and it's just like you said earlier, you know, it's sometimes we don't often get to know them um, all the time, but when we really get to know them, we really get to know them and we find out that what we believe wasn't really true about them. So I I think this will hit home. This will yeah. definitely hit home with a lot of people. I mean, just across the board, this will hit home. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, it, I, I mean, I address, um, I address. I addressed love. I mean, I think from all kinds of, of grounds, starting with, with that one, I, I addressed between, um, you know, men and women, between moms and daughters, between friendships and so forth. Um, I look at, at loss, which is on so many levels. Um, I explore um uh, the divinity and what 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 that means to us um and then i look at social issues like aids and rape uh I look at health issues um like dementia and and other kinds of things that befall us um so and and i address some very deep rooted secrets that some of us carry um, including as for example as a country when um when the various people came to canada um after you know the second world war or during the second world war there was humongous internment and sometimes of canadians themselves who were of that particular culture japanese for example out west in british columbia uh, in the East, uh, Germanic people who were perhaps here already, 
um, and and Jews as well, and and Italians and so forth. So so there there are some cultural secrets that we have in addition oh, to our yes, personal yes, stuff. Absolutely. So so those those were things that I, I was going to leave to the very end to just kind of say, well, you know, it isn't just a bunch of girls having tea and dinner together. It does look at some pretty deep rooted uh, issues that exist within families and within the culture itself. So want people Absolutely. to look at it and enjoy it. Thank you so Absolutely. much for having me again. You're welcome. Thank you. And again, for just being a part of the show. And you're always invited back, no matter what. So definitely come back and with with your next book. I'm pretty sure that you're creating one. So. It's in there. <laughs> it's, it's actually so gone on to yes. the screen. <laughs> it's so gone yeah, from my head onto the screen a little bit. We definitely, we definitely invite you back anytime. And uh, thank again, you. thanks again for being a part of the show. And um, continue to have a good rest of your day. And it's always a joy talking to you. So thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day and a great I don't know, winter, as you put it. (laughs) I know, Um, (laughs) Enjoy the fall, then. Thank you to the audience as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. That was Ms. Catalin Kennedy, author of Reconnecting and The Women Gather. Go out and get her book. It is amazing. The book is about women. Yes, it's like she said, it's not just about women having tea. It's about issues being being talked about, secrets and things like that. So hit up Amazon, hit up wherever books are sold, and get her book. Look her up on Tom, everybody, and get her book. She is amazing, always a joy to talk to. With that being said, everybody, this is your girl, the literary diva of Blog Talk Radio. This has been another joyful author chat with the one and only Catalina Kennedy. Have a good rest of your day, everybody. God bless you.
Good morning. 